everybody welcome back to the studio life I'm with my very good friend Mark and I want to tell you a little bit about Mark Mark raised me I was this <laughs> uh, no I guess I was <laughs> I, I was about this high when 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 I met Mark um, I had just actually I had you know I had already gotten some covers I got a bunch of things here and uh, now as a hobbyist I had done a lot of cool things right I had shot my I shot a bunch of covers I yep. had traveled the world I'd been published but I was still working as with a day job. That's right, you were, weren't you? I sure was. Yeah. I was a, uh, hold on. I was a, <laughs> welcome to the studio life, Mark. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so happy to be here, Mark. This is great. Uh, I was an aspiring photographer. I was right. dreaming. Right. And I had, uh, I'd gotten a shot at, at another really big cover. Okay. It was a guy named Rich Ostrowski. Remember Rich? Oh, yeah, sure. So, Rich, uh, I talked to Rich. Right. And I said, uh, dude, I just got this cover. Right. And uh, I don't know what to do. Right. And he said, okay, here's what we're going to do. And he, he brought me down and he sat me down. He showed okay. me how to work the flash. Okay. I, I mean, I'd always worked a flash by aiming a camera and shooting. Right. But the idea of shooting in bright sun mm -hmm, and creating mm -hmm. the two different exposures, the background ambient, the right. foreground, all of that was new to me. Right. And Rich sat me down. And then not long after that was when I went and I did my Africa trip and I traveled with a bunch of photographers who were quality. Yep. Again, didn't know what I was doing and sat there and looked them in the eye and said, need a little help, dude. Yeah. And photographers like to talk. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> so... Um, and eventually, when it came time for me to become more serious about my hobby, mm -hmm. I met you. Yep. So you are the person. You know every single photographer <laughs> in almost all of LA. So tell me, um, now your your story. You've been around a little while. So so I'm, so I'm Mark Coleman from Paul's Photo in Torrance, California. My dad started in 1961. I've been working every day in the camera store since 1974. You know, we're a full service camera store. We have a lab that does prints and we have an education department, the Creative Photo Academy. So we're three businesses together that work as a partnership to give everyone what they need. You know, for a guy like Mark who needs, you know, grip stuff and backgrounds and lighting, we've got that. If it's for you who's going on a trip and you need a new camera or a lens or you want to shoot your kids football game or soccer game, we've got that. And then we make big prints for people to hang on their walls, which is awesome. Yep. And we teach you how to use the equipment. Now, not for guys like Mark, but for regular moms and dads, they want to learn how to do better pictures, better vacation photos. You know, we've got classes and workshops to help them with that. And so. you said not for guys like me. And I'm, I'm, that's exactly kind of where I'm going with this. Okay. Not for guys like me. That. So let's talk about the photo industry and what's kind of happened over the last few years. Okay. Because in the beginning, I was in your store every week. Yes. And eventually, I wasn't. Now, Correct. For somebody like me, I'm out of the store for a bunch of reasons. I'm a right. very specialized photographer. I'm not 
the other thing is that I already own the gear that I own. Right. And so, you, you know, once you own a 70 to 200, you don't need more 70 to 200. So. Well, I hopefully you'll want to upgrade at some point, and that's, that's, what, that's where I come in. But, um, but I'm curious about the actual demographic of the camera market, the group that you serve every single day. So, and, and I want to compare that also to the group you used to serve. Like it has, hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. So tell it me hasn't, about that. It hasn't changed at all. You know, our camera store in Torrance, you know, we don't, there's not a giant professional photography community here in, in the South Bay. Torrance, Redondo, Hermosa, Palos Verdes, San Pedro, mm -hmm. our core areas, not a lot of studio photography like, like you have here. So most of our clients are, how do I say it? Moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, people who want photographs for their family, people who you do photography as a hobby, people who are getting started in the portrait wedding type mm -hmm. business. You know, those people are in, you know, those photographers are in more often because they have a small kit of gear, just what they need, but then they get a cover. They get a big family group and they need to rent lighting and backdrops and stuff like that. So that's who we serve. Um, do I want to serve you with this awesome studio? I do, but we don't have the space for the big Kino lights and, you know, we don't have 50 50 uh, C stands in stock all the time and, and you know, crates of sandbags and stuff like that. That's just not who we are. Mom and dad don't need that. Mom and dad don't, not only do they not need it, they don't want that. They, they will go out of their way not to have to put up a backdrop. They, you know, they want me to teach them how to, how to do their fill flash so that they can take the background out or open up their lens to take the background out so they don't have to carry around tons of, of stuff. Right. And that that hasn't changed much over the you know 60 years of the existence of Paul's photo. Mm -hmm. um, what's changed is who the photographer is. You know, when when my dad first started, it was all men. You know, the business was 80% men. Nowadays, it's 70% women, and a lot younger crowd these days. You know, so. I'm very excited about the prospects for the photo business, the photo industry, because high school, college students are doing photography and they're doing it with film cameras. They're doing it with SLR camera, digital SLRs are doing it with mirrorless cameras. They're doing it with, with cinema cameras, you know, all that stuff we have in stock to take care of them. But I love to see that the under 30 crowd is doing it for their art and creativity. Yeah. And, and that to me is very heartening because I want to see people have fun. I want to see people enjoy themselves. I want to make photography fun for everybody. And that's what I've built my life on is making it fun for everybody. So that leads me to where we break up, right? Cause my life is all about making it fun and your life in photography is about feeding your family. I, I, I wish it were more about fun. Yeah, exactly. I miss those days. Right, you miss those days. But that's the reality of life, right? For you, yeah. it's a business. So I, I, I want to explore this, this the, what has changed because, sure. you know, Apple has been rather clear that they are not a phone company. When was the last time we judged the next phone based on audio quality of the phone call? Yeah, we, I we, can't remember. <laughs> we judge the cell phones we use based on the quality of the camera that it has. Right. 
Um, when I shoot, it is sometimes very hard for me. I just shot this uh, a T&I job, a team and individual photo job for a football league. Yeah. And we have to cordon off the parents. Right. Because otherwise, not only will they take pictures over my shoulder. Right. Um, but they'll also interrupt. They want to know what kind of flash I'm using. Right. They want to know every last detail, not so they could learn, but so they could use. No, no, they're gonna, they're gonna, you know. And I see that all the time. You know that people come into the shop and they have a picture of you with whatever you've got. So what was this guy using, and right. how do I use that? <laughs> Right. How, how do I do what he's doing? Right. So there's exactly. a belief. It, it used to be that photography had a barrier to entry. Correct. Right? That not only did you have to invest in gear that you right. didn't know how to use. Right. You had to invest in film, yep. and you were going to screw it up. You were going to have to invest in your education. Right. Which some people did, and some people didn't. And they some people don't. didn't. Right. Uh, but cameras, you know, always had an auto mode for not many always, years. <laughs> and you, you know what being an auto mode gets you, right? I do. Yeah. The cameras still have auto mode today. And I deal with it all the time. Because in auto mode, the camera is making choices for you, the photographer. You don't go into a restaurant and go to the auto menu, right? You're going to choose on the menu what you want to eat today by what you feel like, what you want, right? Whether it's breakfast or lunch. You put the camera in auto mode, the camera doesn't know. Now, one of the great things that the phones are doing is with the AI technology in the phones these days, the phone is guessing is what kind of picture you want, right? Cameras don't do that because the camera is, is trusting. Camera trusts you. So the engineers at the camera company trust the photographer to have an idea where you're going. The more information you can give the camera, the better your picture, the better your results going to be because it's going to match your desires. Right. So I find it all the time. You know, I had my photo boot camp last night, you know, first real time that 25 photographers are getting off of auto, starting to think about the consequences of setting an aperture, setting a shutter right. speed. And it's scary for them at the beginning, but as soon as they realize the power of it, they never want to go back never to letting back. the camera do it for them. So for me, it's always about what story do I want to tell? And when I talk to my students and customers, so Mark, what story do you want to tell? What look do you want? Mm -hmm. tell, me your, tell me your ideas, tell me your desires, and let's build the camera, the gear, the settings, the technique to give you that. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think so many people lose today by using the phones, you know, because the great thing that Apple and Samsung and Google have done on the phones is they've built this artificial intelligence where if I just pick the phone up and go push, the phone makes a lot of assumptions about what I want in the picture. I would like to see the cameras come with that technology that I can turn off, right? Yeah. You know, because so many beginners say, well, my phone does a better job. Yeah, because your phone actually took three pictures when you press the button. It did a mini HDR and it put extra contrast in the background because that's what the AI is telling it to do, right? But if you don't like the look of what your phone gives you, you're, you're stuck. You can't yeah. do anything about it. But let's let's get let's jump right into where what I think has happened, right? Because you yeah. just you just said a second ago that part of your job is to figure out how to get people off of auto mode, and I think that this is sort of an interesting segue. Mm -hmm. 
And I'm curious, without knowing exactly how you're going to answer this question. Uh, you're not an attorney, I can tell you that. Oh, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm very much an attorney. <laughs> um, but I'm still leading you somewhere. All right. Um, Let's go, baby. Could you survive if you were still selling only cameras? Yes. You could? So the camera business is stronger today than it's ever been. But with but so let me let me let me at least jump in and say because you're doing ed- education is a big part of your business isn't it so but we don't make any money on education ah interesting I would have thought that you're making your much of your core money on education no so I've built the education department so that I mean we make a little bit it, it pays the freight okay but it's not a profit center hmm. we still make money we make the money at the camera store selling cameras. And so what what's happened over the years, Mark, is the camera industry has changed. And thank God, what's happened is the market has come to where we live. So we've always been, when you were shopping with us, right, mm-hmm. you were buying Canon 5D, right? right? Which was a, not the pro camera, not the top, not the 1DX, mm-hmm. but the one right below it, the prosumer camera, right? That's the sweet spot today. And that's where most of the market is. So what you've seen happening with, you know, all the big manufacturers is they don't make the $100 pocket cameras anymore. They don't make the $200, $300, $400 pocket, dollar pocket cameras. They're not even making the $500 entry-level SLRs. That's because of the chip shortages and the world situation. There's just not the parts to make those. Okay. So this will be the third Christmas in a row at Paul's Photo where we have no cameras in the store under $1,000. Interesting. But we're going to we're we're probably going to have the best Christmas we've ever had because more people into photography are serious. The 2 or $3,000 camera is now the standard gear for your hobbyist photographer. Where before you know, a beginning photographer would start with the two or three hundred dollar pocket camera and then graduate to a five hundred dollar beginning SLR camera. Well, those cameras don't exist right now. Right. So people are going from the phone to borrowing a camera from Uncle Harry to buying, you know, a Nikon Z6 or a Canon R6 or something like that. And that's been great for our business because number one, those cameras are awesome. They've got amazing power in them. They're easy to use. They're lighter weight, all the things people want. And it makes it more fun so that, you know, I can hand a camera to anybody today, put it in green auto, right, and say, go have fun and come back and talk to me in a month. And then after a month, I'll ask, so what are you happy with and what are you not happy with? So I'm not happy with this. Well, now we got to learn how to make some settings. Gotcha. So I've got three observations. Yes, sir. Number one, you did sell me my 1DX Mark II. Okay. And I, don't, may, I don't remember that. Maybe but. your very first one. I remember getting the call because yeah. they weren't around. No, so they, uh, all those are always in short supply. <clears throat> and uh, you called me and you said, Mark, I got the Mark II. Awesome. And I came in and so you did act, you sold me my uh, 5DX right. or my 5D Mark II, I believe. Yeah. But you also sold me my, my 1DX Mark II. Awesome. Uh, second observation is I apparently do suck as a lawyer because I did think that you made more of your money at, at education. <laughs> um, and uh, and thirdly, 
you just said that most of your clients, mm -hmm. they're younger and they're buying higher quality gear. So I'm, I'm encouraged because the younger side of the audience is photography is really growing there. But what does it do to the working pro? The working pro is challenged these days because all these guys who are buying, men and women who are buying a two or $3,000 camera can watch a YouTube video on how to shoot a wedding and decide that they're a wedding photographer. Mm -hmm. They can decide they're a portrait photographer. Right, the no barrier to, barriers to entry used to mean you needed to work your way up, yeah. build a rep, uh, rep uh, you know, uh, build a, a resume. Right. Now anyone can throw a website together, an Instagram site. Right. They can even hire some models and go out there, shoot a wedding dress, and yep. be out there competing against people who have done it for Correct. 15, 20 years. And, and we see it all the time. You know, so one of, one of the things we do a lot is, you know, in the education, you know, the beginning portrait and lighting classes, you know, the rental gear, you know, that's all aimed at, you know, what we used to call the weekend warrior, the guy or the man or the woman who had a, you know, nine to five job, but shot weddings and portraits on the weekend. Mm -hmm. So those people are still there and they're competing with you, you know, and now suddenly anybody with a digital SLR can be a professional photographer. And, you know, you know, as well as I do, you know, hey, I'm selling cups these days and I want pictures for my website or I'm going to do an ad, you know, I think my nephew can do this instead of spending $2,500 to have Mark do this. And that's always been a disservice, yeah. you know, because you see the look they get, you see that you see the work they get, you see what it looks like on the internet, you see what it looks like wherever they're trying to sell their product. It's not a professional product. Right. You know, I turn photos around for team and individual in three days. Wow, that's awesome. I hear stories about photographers who are not in this business. Now, three days is magical. Right. And I will tell you the reason why we do three days. Mm -hmm. Number one, we've built most of the printing in-house in for 8x10s right. and yeah. wallets and all that. We build our own mugs, we build our right. own. So there are only a handful of products we need to go out. And yeah. luckily, companies like Miller's Lab and others, yeah. they could turn buttons around in three hours. Right. Um, but part of that is the value proposition mm -hmm. that we are not photographers anymore. Right. Because the f average photographer takes between four weeks and 12 weeks to turn. So by the time they finish shooting the team and individual photos and deliver those photos, the season is over. Right. And you can't do that. You can't do that. And no. so, but I hear story after story after story about these weekend guys that they go out and do it thinking that they could pull right. it off. And, and I'm not knocking them i'm more curious about the fact that we're competing against each other as if we were peers right and that's so you know we had a discussion beforehand that what what i think has really changed has the client it's not that the photographers have changed the clients have changed some clients realize the value of the service you bring the professionalism of what you bring and others can't see past the dollar signs right they have a budget of X. And if I, as the procurer of those pictures, can get below X, right, I get an attaboy from my boss because I spent money. Right. Now, you know, it's been four weeks since we took those pictures. Where are they? That doesn't come into play until it's four weeks and we still don't have the pictures. Yeah. Or you get the pictures and it's not exactly what you had in mind. So it's like anything in, in life, Mark. You know, my job in the camera store has changed because we used my job used to be 
get the cameras in stock, have it there, and be ready when you walk in the door. And that's true for some people, right? But for most people, my job is about managing their expectations, getting them what they want, and making it so that it's doable for them. And that's what your job is, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to manage your clients, right? Yep. So this is what I can do. I can't do that because that's unreasonable, right? I can't get it to you in two hours because I can't even do anything in two hours. It, I'm going to yep. take three days. And that's a reasonable request. I have the same thing, right? I want, I drop my lens. I need it back day after tomorrow. Ain't going to happen, right? It's going to be four weeks that it's gone. You know, right. I want that film developed in an hour. I used to see one hour's. Yeah, but you don't want one hour. We don't, we won't do that. But you're leading with that because the photographer's primary concern is not a fixed lens, but a fixed lens based on a certain time period. Correct. But are you suggesting, and I think you're, I think you're accurate here, I, I, uh, it, it, that, that the quality of the pictures and the timing of the delivery of the pictures is inadvertently not being factored in in the same way that it used to. And as a result, the price is becoming the dominant factor and maybe the relationship is the dominant factor bringing that photographer in uh, for many of these uh, for many of these events. I, I agree, and I think it, that's a true statement, Mark. But I think what you're seeing happen is, you know, you used to be working with a company with a professional media buyer, right. with a with an art director, with someone who had experience, who had who knew what to expect. Well, that person is not at the company anymore. That position isn't there anymore. So you're dealing with a secretary, a purchasing agent, somebody who's not an expert at buying photography, not an expert at interviewing the photographer, not an expert at putting out their exact requirements as to what they want. You know, I want a picture of a mug. I have $200 for that, right? Who can do, who can do a picture of a mug for $200? Or who wants to. Who wants to, <laughs> right? Exactly. And... Oh, geez, it's just not quite the picture that I had in mind, right? And by that time, it's too late. Yeah, it's funny. We just did uh, a series of 360 photos mm -hmm. uh, of, of a bunch of refrigeration gear. Right. And, um, and we priced them very, very competitively. Now, each mm -hmm. series is 35 photos and a right. full circle, and we, we, built it, we built it all. Naming yeah. conventions, the whole nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's a very precise way they have to be edited. Absolutely. And the company decided to take on the editing because I had a line item and they saw yeah. a line item for photo editing. For processing. And the processing <laughs> is more expensive than the photos. Right. And uh, they ended up taking it on themselves. And we heard two months later that they were fighting to even get the photos uh, in order. Right. They couldn't figure it out. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of the, you know, they, they thought they were buying the photo when, in fact, they were buying the rotation of the photos right. or something like that. Where there's a disconnect between the purchase and the end product. Of course. And, and so, but, but that all comes down, again, to what are you willing to pay for and what are you willing to do on your own? You know, I see the same thing with my friends who do real estate photography, which is a big thing these days. Because it used to be when you sold a house, you just took a Polaroid, you put it in the thing, put a flyer up, and that's how you sold the house. Now it's a whole photo shoot in the house, 
360 in the house, drone mm -hmm. photos from above. I mean, this whole process. And sure, everybody has a nephew who can do that. But what is it going to look like and when are you going to get it? And is it going to work work right when it goes to play on the website, which is what right. everybody wants? Yeah. So it's it's a it's a good point. And and the idea that we are not photographers anymore. We and, and maybe we were spoiled. I think we were spoiled. We thought that pushing a button was our job. Yeah. In fact, a real estate package is a tour. Yes. A, an overhead. Yes. You know, properly lit rooms, Correct. properly edited. Yes. And uh, and properly shot. You know, maybe right. a tilt shift lens or something similar what, in order to get those your good verticals. Is, yeah. And um and it is not uh it is not what we all maybe thought it was. It certainly isn't what it used to be. No. No, and, and it's once again, it's it's about life today is about customer service. Every business is customer service. And if you don't realize that as a photographer, as a doctor, as a camera store owner, you have to manage your customers. You have to give them what they want and educate them and make it a pleasurable experience to deal with you. you know, and for most people though, they don't think about that they think about, oh, it's $50 more if I go over here. I don't want to spend the $50. They don't forget, they forget about the pain of dealing with that person versus the joy of dealing with this person. So uh, I, I think that's right. And I think that's brought us sort of almost full circle mm -hmm. in a sense. Um, but I, I do want to just close out this one thought. And then you've got cameras to sell. I and do. I've got, uh, you know, you know all kinds of stuff to deliver and 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 i, I don't want to take up your whole day but i, I do want to end on this this one sure. real important question which is if that's what it takes to succeed in any business then what should photographers be doing to enhance their business in a world where the customers are valuing it less at the time of purchase make yourself more valuable simply i mean it's simple right it's like anything in it you know anything in life you know, you go to buy a car and a car buying experience is not pleasurable 99% of the time. But you find that one guy at that one dealership who does it right and takes care of you from top to bottom and doesn't, you know, do all the car dealership things. You're going to go back to him time and time again. Mm -hmm. You know, when people buy a camera from us at Paul's Photo, my guys are trained to do it the right way. So that every time you come to buy a camera, you're gonna get the right experience. And your customers, I know Mark, they expect the, you know, you, the Mark experience mm -hmm. when they, when they whatever. Whether they're delivering you a bunch of widgets or they're having you to come out to their event, you deliver an experience to them. Mm -hmm. You deliver not only the photos at the end, which is what they're really buying, but you're delivering a seamless package right? All right. Give me the products. Tell me what you want. Leave me alone. In three days later, you get back your products, less the one that I really want to keep and all these photos, videos, 360s, right. whatever. And we all have to remember that. And as a business owner, as a photographer, you're not a photographer. You're a business owner. You're an entrepreneur. And you have to take that same entrepreneurial spirit, that same business spirit, you know, and maybe in some instances, the photographer is not the right person. 
Right. Maybe the photographer is the button pusher, the amazing artist who makes magic happen in, behind the lens. But then you need to find in your business someone who can do the customer service, can talk to the clients to make them happy. And maybe that's, maybe that's the takeaway, right? You know, how often do we see doctors, lawyers, mechanics who are absolute genius, but are a failure in their business because the genius can't keep the books in order and can't keep the schedule in order and can't keep the clients happy, but they're right. a genius. So yeah, there you go. I don't claim to be a genius, but we're trying to figure it out each and every day. We're going to keep fighting the good fight. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for coming. And by the way, in the words of Mark Common, welcome to the Mark Experience. Where exactly. Where we service you top to bottom. <laughs> uh, this has been uh, Studio Life and uh, with my good friend and mentor and um, occasional camera supplier, Mark Common. And um, and I hope uh, I hope to see you again. All right, guys, thank you. And give me a call anytime you need anything. I'm here to take care of you. Three, two, one.